then you create your art and your business around how much money you want to make. So like, let's say if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, just got to break that down within art and how you want to make it. So like me, I had a figure amount in my head and I was like, okay, I want to make this amount of money. So I just started making pieces that would give me to that goal. What's up? Welcome to the You Knows Best Pod. I appreciate your support. In return, I hope I provide you with some worthwhile gems that benefit you on your journey. At the very least, I hope I put a smile on your face. If not, hopefully you share this with someone that does benefit. And I got you next time. Again, thanks for joining today and let's get this thing going. All right, welcome to another episode of the Hube Knows Best Pod, where I'm gonna give you the truth, the whole truth, well, as best I can, so help me God. Today, we've got a great guest, Maze. Maze, the artist. So appreciate you coming through, bro. Well, man, appreciate you. For sure. Yeah. We're gonna talk about UX, UI, Maze's art. He does contemporary art. Being from Chicago, we might even, you know, talk about some hot topics. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, bro, thanks for coming. So we met through my boy Dub and Lon and them at the Wit, mm -hmm. but you know, we was chopping it up before we started recording. You got like an interesting past, right? Mm -hmm. You you told me you're from Harvey, yeah. right? But you lived in Chicago, you lived in Houston, you lived in Vegas, in Miami, right? Yeah. And I think with all that comes different culture, different vibes. I guess my question to you is like, from a art perspective, mm -hmm. which place would you say has influenced the mo you the most as far as the art that you put out today? Mm. Chicago for sure. Okay. Home coming time. up, yeah, coming up, listening to Kanye, you know, uh, he made me believe in art, you know, like, well, believe in like an artistic process. Because before that, like, me coming up, it wasn't cool if you did art at all. Like, he was a lame, <laughs> you got a word out here, we say peon. He was a peon. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was peon. If you want an athlete, you know what I'm saying? The girls ain't like, like, what are you doing? You drawing? You painting? What is that? So, me coming up, it was like, uh, I, I always was doing it. I mean, I always was good at it. I just didn't take it serious. And I didn't know how to make money off of it. It was so, you know, that's another thing. You ain't got no money. You know how it is. Yeah. yeah. trying to tell you with no money. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's relative. You know, the, the women, the women you want may not exactly, talk to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it took a minute, but Chicago definitely influenced the style and influenced like, uh, me wanting to do it. And then another big influence is a guy named King Saladin. Okay. I just needed to see somebody that looked like me that was doing it and being successful at it. Okay. And that happened in Vegas. So I would say Chicago is an influence, but the inspiration came from Vegas and that brother right there. And then I had a mentor too that was a female that kind of taught me like. Okay, yes, who was that, yeah. that mentor? Her name is Miss Create, her art name. Okay, miscreate. Yeah, miscreate. Okay, kind of like miscreant or something like that. Is she trying to play on it like that? I don't know. I think it's just miscreate. Like, okay, yeah. All right. And so your name is Maze the Artist, right? Yeah. And that's because you like your art has mazes in it, right? Exactly. Like pretty straightforward. So what made you want to make art out of mazes? Okay, so when I first started, I was just making pieces and they weren't selling. So uh, people would just walk past my work, and uh, I was just trying to figure out how to sell something and uh okay. i was pondering and uh, when i was a kid i used to eat a lot of cereal and mm -hmm. on the back of the boxes it had the mazes okay and so i was like huh let me try this see if it worked and my very first piece sold for 1500 and so after that i was like oh this it you know and okay. i've been doing it ever since okay so like did you like take any like art classes anything like that because like my tattoo artist, right? Mm -hmm. So he always drew, but mm -hmm. like he went to art school okay. before he became 
a full-time tattoo artist, right? All right. So I can't say when I was younger, the art classes and stuff like that. And I always, uh, I actually had a scholarship for art. I always been super good at art. I've been drawing probably since I was like five. Okay. You know? So I always just been kind of talented and my pops, he an artist in his own right too. So I just always kind of been around it and had like, you know, that influence, but I never like can say I was like formally taught how to do art, especially the way I'm doing it now, because I just used to draw. I painted it just a little bit in there and I used to use watercolor in school. Mm-hmm. But like once I got out of school, I kind of self-taught. I learned pretty much all of that on my own. And from that lady I was telling you about Miss Create, she kind of showed me a lot and gave me a lot of game. Definitely. But yeah, no, I'm not formally taught at all. And so like you started off at Harvey, right? You graduated from where? I graduated with Thornton. I passed by there early when I dropped uh, yeah. dropped my kid off so to take it. Listen, man, she a dean up there now. It's okay. crazy. Bet, bet. And then, so you left Thornton, and where'd you go then? Okay, so I left Thornton, and uh, I went to a school called ETI, and ETI is a school for heating and air conditioning, okay. ironically enough. I went there, and they was offering, like, internship to Dizzy on nights, top students in class, and uh, I had turned it down, like, the first two times. And then um, talking to some people in my family, they're like, yo, you get a chance to travel the world and do different things at a young age, you should do it. And uh, I ended up doing that. And so that's what led me into being an ICE engineer. And so technically what an ICE engineer is, because I know people ain't going to know it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah, I'm like ICE engineer. What yeah, the hell? so what an ICE engineer is, it's an engineer of uh, somebody that builds ICE floors and ICE systems. Okay. So basically I would go country to country, state to state, okay. building ice floors. Okay. And how long did you do it? Off and on for five years. My first run with them was three years and then moved to Vegas and then came back and did it two years. Okay. So you did, you started that here though? No, no. I, oh, I guess I should explain that. So I went to ETI. Okay. And then I got- ETI is here. ETI is here. Okay. Out. It was in Blue Island. Ended up moving to Florida to work for them. Okay. And then I traveled the world and- you know, doing it like ice yeah. skating. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually the guy that will build the ice floor and drop the Zamboni and stuff like that. Okay. Cutting the ice and all that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So the next time I see a Zamboni driver, that, he, probably, me, he probably ice into there. All right. Yeah, that's right. me. Okay. That's what's up, bro. Yeah. And so you did that for like, you said like off and on for five years. Yeah. So you ended up in Vegas, mm-hmm. middle of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so... And you happened upon, what was the uh, guy's name you said? That started? Oh, oh, the female. Uh, oh, the guy, King Saladin. King Saladin. He was out there, right? No. So King Saladin from Philly. But our okay. first time seeing his, I seen a piece of his, and it, it was just a print somebody had uh, okay. of his in uh, Vegas. Okay. So I was, and they told me, like, he's a black guy, and he does contemporary artwork. And his character is um, the Kanye West world. This originated off the Kanye West beard. Mm. So I was like, ah, uh, okay, so that was his inspiration, you know, and it that's why you inspired me. Full yeah. circle, right? Yeah. Okay, and then so you was working with Miss Create. So like I know like getting into the art world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean actually I, I can go draw something and paint something and show it to art so people probably ain't gonna buy it, right? Okay. Like explaining to somebody that was like, Hey, I'm 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 an aspiring artist and I wanna get into the art scene, mm-hmm. what are the steps you supposed to take? Or like Number one, there's certain rules around that. The only rules really to me, we have like formal rules, like I would call that like a rule to becoming commercial arts, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's like somebody that went to school for art and then they have a network 
of uh, the art dealers or art curators and stuff like that and museums that showcase their work. You know, like me, I didn't go that route. So I would say for somebody that's trying to get into art, the rules is the rules you build with yourself. So the number one thing is you got to find out what type of artist you want to be. Okay. And what that means is, let's just say, how much money you want to make. And then you create your art and your business around how much money you want to make. So like, let's say if you want to make $100,000, just got to break that down within art and how you want to make it. So like me, I had a figure amount in my head and I was like, okay, I want to make this amount of money. So I just started making pieces that would give me to that goal. So I got $5 pieces, I got $10 pieces, then I got dollars 1500 5000 And mm-hmm. that's kind of how I molded my my way. But it could be different with somebody else. Like you saw, some artists out here only sell pieces for 10000 Some only sell pieces for fifty and et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on, you know, like what your goals are. And then outside of that, I would say you got to get good at marketing and get good at like networking because your network is everything. That's really what kind of, you know, the network is your network. Yeah, the network is your network. That is the truth statement, bro. Like, man, I don't see that tattooed on me because uh, it's, t- it's the truth, you know. And um, also, I would say, I'm just a solid being. Shout out to the only. Um, try to get your art seen. It's important. Okay. I think that's important with a lot of stuff. Like, I think a lot of times people want to scale their business or grow their yeah. business. Yeah. And they only do it locally. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of people locally. Yeah that have seen your stuff or probably used to the stuff you're doing, but if you take it somewhere else, people would be like, oh, that's different. Exactly. Cause like your style might be new to somebody in LA. It might be new to somebody overseas. You know, you never know. You never know who's going to be at Woodland. Like I, it's a thing that I, I realized like in Chicago, people grew up with me. So they might look at me a certain way, mm-hmm. but if I go to, let's say I go to Tokyo or if I go to Italy or something like that, they'll look at me for, Oh my God, this guy's amazing. I ain't never seen nothing like him. I ain't never seen his style. I ain't never seen this type of creativity. Mm-hmm. And that's your, that's your big ticket person. Because okay. they'll be willing to pay something that. They'll be yeah. willing to spend a ticket on you. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And so like for you, like from an artist's perspective, right? Some artists take months, years. Some people do stuff day of, right? What is your typical process as an artist to like mm-hmm. create a piece? This recent Young Michael Artist Block is the first time I experienced that. So I'm going to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about my creative process and how I get out. And then I'm going to talk about how to get out of Artist Block. Okay. So my process is usually being inspired by something. So I do this thing where um, I will take like the mood board and okay. I take different ideas and I lay them out um, in front of me. And then I pick from those ideas what I want to do. And so a lot of times... Since I study art, I'm trying to express a message within a maze. So then it's a little more complex, um, but that's pretty much like my process. So I pick pictures and different stuff and I piece ideas together. And then that's how I go about creating a piece. But getting out of artist block is different because like sometimes it's, you're coming from your creative side, right? So uh, you got to be a yeah, that's, that's your left brain, right? Exactly. And I'm left in it. So uh, coming from um, the creative side, like sometimes if it don't make dollars, it ain't motivation to me. You know what I'm saying? So like I would have to force myself to create something. So an easy way for me to get out of like artist block is I challenge myself to do something. Okay. So like right now I'm doing a hundred piece challenge and do just a certain type of style or a certain type of uh, 
imagery and this these panda bears I'm I've been doing. Okay. So I'm just gonna go hundred of those and then I move on to something else maybe after that. I maybe I might move it up to a thousand. So um, in the pandas is gonna be a maze. It's always it's always amazing each piece of yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to visualize pandas with a maze inside the panda. Oh, let me tell you. So my goal is like when I'm long gone and I pass away, I want them to try to decipher my pieces like they did okay. Leonardo and Da Vinci and Michelangelo and all the greats. So okay. like that's why I do it to like give my pieces a little more longevity outside of me. Okay. But uh, I also make sure and I got this we'll probably one today from UX and UI. I like to use images and I like to use symbols and things that's going to capture your attention quick. Mm -hmm. So like when you look at my piece, you might not know me, but you know, Playboy, you might not know me, but you know, the tree car air freshness, <laughs> and, you know? Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. All right. For sure. So not to get in your pockets, but yeah. like, what's the most you made off a piece? At one time? Yeah. For one time, the most I ever sold. You can give a roundabout number because you don't want people, you know, the IRS might be looking. Yeah, so it's between, I'll say it's about right. 15 to 30,000. So, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good day. Yeah. That's a good day. That's a good, that's a good commission month for me. Yeah. It? yeah. All right, cool. And so you, you mentioned that like you do UX UI, mm -hmm. engineer, right? Mm -hmm. I know you did the ice engineer thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, are you also self taught? For the UX, you no, watch, okay, or did you go to school for that? Yeah, so, okay, mm -hmm. let me explain that, because I, I, I want to explain this, too, because I remember people doubting me on this. So, when I first, uh, when I was working at Disney, I was telling a lot of other uh, techs and uh, engineers, like, I wanted to get into fashion. Mm -hmm. And it was laughing and be like, fashion, mm -hmm. like, you know, but that's how it is. It's like, it's a real, you know, you mean, like, everybody going, yeah, yeah, you know, like, the job was a very masculine job. I'll put it that way. And mm -hmm. when you tell, like, Certain minded people that you fun to do fashion. They right, like, we were talking about hyper masculine, exactly. overcompensating. Yeah, so I told them that they weren't building it. And uh, long story long, I saved, I saved up a lot of money. Like I saved up like a year and a half worth of my my money. And then um, I came out and I went to IADT college. My major was um, graphic design, and I tell you why I say. And my minor was fashion. And the reason why I did that was because. I knew I could get a job in graphic design and yeah. it would be hard to get a job in fashion. So anyway, I learned like a lot of stuff about like fashion or whatever the case may be. But I mostly learned about graphic design because I was my major. No story long. Ironic enough, it was hard to find a job in graphic design, but I did well, a lot what of year, what, what year was this? Oof. Um, goodness gracious. When I go there, that had to be 2015 or 2016. Okay. Yeah. Right. When I came out. So anyway, long story long, it was hard to get a job. I was getting a lot of freelance work. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of all of these other side jobs I was doing, a client, um, uh, I guess I call it the friend, had a startup. And within that startup, they needed to fulfill a role for a um, design director, okay. a director of design. And the only way I could get that position if I was certified to do UI, UX. And at this time, I was already making websites and like things for applications. I just didn't know it was a technical term for it. Okay. And so I went to General Assembly and took an accelerated course to get certified to do UX UI design. But then I became uh, the director of design for that start. Okay. And so from that, I just really immersed myself into that industry. And it kind of works really well because the technical term is user interface and user interaction design. And what's dope about it is I learned 
the way that people perspective work with the hawks and also learn how the thought process works of like just people because you got to do a lot of user research to build something so with that being said i use that same concept into a lot of things when it comes to curating the space when it comes to doing an art show or when it comes to building the application on our website so it's all kind of blended together but that's the full circle that's how i got into it that's an interesting way to go to it because like you're going to school for graphic design and like fashion with fashion is your passion so it's kind of like exactly off to the uh, side it's uh, off on yeah. the tuck right and you doing something i don't want to say random but like you're doing something to put food on the table yeah right mm-hmm. and it leads you to get in the director position like most people can't say that they were a director of anything bro for real yeah yeah and so i like so much bro like i'm love the brick without totally really because uh that catapulted in my career and you actually lot because i you, i had to learn things that will usually probably take you like five to ten years and i learned to like one month two months you know like quick because i had to i yeah. like even like controlling the budget like who yeah. all well, ever got the opportunity to hire and fire you know and i made it be yeah you know yeah. and that's crazy because like how old are you bro i'm 35 35 right so 35 and you've done all these different things you travel the world right doing art doing the ice engineer mm-hmm. graphic design director design i mean design director right and then you also moved a lot of places right so like you went from vegas to miami or vegas to houston yeah yeah yeah. so uh i went from chicago uh-huh. to vegas right and vegas back to chicago just for a short period of time right and i went to chicago to florida then florida back to Chicago and then Chicago to Houston and then back here. Yeah, back here. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I guess you, you stuck in Chicago, bro. Oh, you, you must love it because you keep coming back. No, no. Okay. So, uh, my mom, uh, she had to get knees replaced. Okay. And that's what brought me back. I was in Africa at the time. And, uh, my, okay. my, my sister's company is like, yeah, mine, you know, and the doctor saying it was like, it was, it was a serious surgery. She had that. So I had to come back and, uh, uh, it was a blessing though. That's how it was crazy. That's how stuff worked. Everything happened for a reason. Cause yeah. I came back and uh, I just went hard and hard. I came back, so it kind of got me back into like doing what I love. To do. Got you focused. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting, like cause like we were talking about how I've lived in different places. I went back to Georgia during the pandemic, be close to my parents because they both were uh, had their own underlying health conditions, and I I was uncomfortable being three thousand miles away. Yeah. And I'm my mom's only child, right? So, uh, oh, you, oh, you the only child, boy. Yeah, I'm her yeah, only child. Yeah. No, my dad's only child. <laughs> um, you know, shout out to my dad. Shout out to namesake. You feel me? Yeah. But yeah, and still, like my dad has leukemia. He has other health conditions. My mom's a diabetic, and she had congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I moved home because I was like, well, I need to make sure that they're good, right? Yeah. And this is the only time as an adult that I feel like I'll be able to move on, still have my job full-time, making the money that I'm going to make, mm-hmm. but also make sure my parents is good, right? Because my, my parents are old, older. Like, my mom's 71. She just turned 71. It's similar to me. Yeah, my I'm dad's 68. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm the baby grandson, right? But best year at work, mm-hmm. at home, right? Mm-hmm. Bought my mom a crib, right? Mm-hmm. Traveled more than I ever did, right? Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, right? Oh man, pandemic was a blessing. It was love, right? Especially making 
Cali money living in Jordan, right? Yeah. I wish I could go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, days. Yeah, yeah. And I, but, I ain't into politics, but Trump had it Rodney. <laughs> I ain't gonna yo, lie. No he had Rodney. <laughs> oh, hey, look, man, I'm, look, about, I'm independent. Yeah. I, um, yeah, what, I, I forget, I forget what the, oh, what's bro, the, what, I'm, I'm libertarian. Fuck right. both parties. Oh, uh, right. I feel you on that. Oh. Uh, I don't want the government involved in nothing I do. Man. Like, stay out of my business, stay out of my personal life. Man. But, yeah, it's, it's just interesting, like, being black men, right? Yeah. I think we, you get the moniker of a mama's boy when you take care of your mom or you around your mom, right? Yeah. But your sisters called you, right? Because they was here. Yeah. They But they called you because they know you was going to do whatever, right? Yeah. But I needed to. Because, like, you know, uh, I was living out of suitcase, you know, two years, you know? Like, and, and at that point, I was... The thing about like being on the road for that long, you start to realize like, man, like what's really important because like, you know, I'll be, I could be in Europe, uh, another continent, a country for six months and people that had kids and starting the family and I'm still doing the, the same thing. And I was like, that, you know, like. Focus up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. All right, so, but uh, the reason I said all that initially was like, I think to see a black man, right? Mm -hmm. Take it on a traditional path, mm -hmm. right? Do these different things and be successful at it, right? Mm -hmm. Think that's part of why this podcast exists is like to give people inspiration and people let people understand like you can do it and it don't have to be nice. this cookie cutter. I gotta go to this four year college. I gotta go to the best prestigious college to do things, right? To be successful. Sorry. I think I know a lot more people that didn't do that mm -hmm. that were successful than people that did, did that because it puts you in a box. Right. You don't get to learn different things. I think I know a lot of people that went to school, got hella degrees and don't make no money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I learned <laughs> being in the space that I, I work in is like, and then they, the people that hire, they care about people with experience. Right. Man, that's all. Man. So, man, that's all that matters. I hate to, because at the end of the day, you need a job done. Like, even yeah. when I was in the position, I got to hire people. Like, I mean, it's cool that you, you know, got all these degrees and yeah, exactly. But can, can you make this? Can you? perform you know mm -hmm. and if you can't i don't need you you know what i'm saying especially no offense exactly yeah yo. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah 100 man um and then the way most schools are built they built for you to just go through their curriculum and not show you how to do the job so yeah yeah so and then you know we're gonna pivot a little bit i think it's dope that you have this story and can share it with people right mm -hmm. and you know we ain't got all night to talk about, it, but yeah. just want to get into the personal a little bit, right? Let's do it. So, for y'all that don't know, and I'm learning this live in Chicago, Harvey and like South Suburb, like when you hear suburbs in most places, you think, oh, white picket fences, white neighborhoods, <laughs> safe, yeah. right? South Suburbs of Chicago actually might be rougher than Chicago, right? Yeah. So, you from Harvey. Yeah. Harvey got a mental hospital, right? <laughs> so like, <laughs> don't, did you know that? Don't don't, don't ask me why I know that. That's crazy. I know that because of Liddy Witty. That was on. I used to work at the uh, the uh, okay at the uh, mental health hospital. But I think like even thinking about that, like because I drive through like my kid live in Calumet City. Mm -hmm. You know his grandma in South Holland, his daycare in South Holland, mm -hmm. which is not as great as it used to be, right? It's still better than Harvey. That's still better than Harvey. 
But like, you no know way, no disrespect to Harvey. I love my own hometown. Yeah, I mean, I love my hometown, but yeah, Why you think I was trying to get up out of here? Right, I turned. Uh, 18, I was like, yo, yeah. you know, moving to Vegas. I can, I, you crap. Nah. But I got my city tatted on me, but like, <laughs> I ain't trying to live there. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. shout out to Columbus, but I ain't trying to live there. Yeah, man. Uh, love y'all. But, yeah. you know, to like be a black man from Harvey, mm-hmm. right? And to experience these things, right? How do you like navigate the world, mm-hmm. right? Because there are certain, so many things. Ooh, that come with being from they might have to go deep backgrounds. Be honest, if I can be, I gotta be honest, bro. Like, uh, I just wanted to authentically be myself because before I couldn't authentically be myself, right? And like, even working at Disney at times, you know, like they had a rule like you can't grow your facial hair out, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I used to have like a couple bumps and stuff like that mm-hmm. because I couldn't grow my facial hair out, okay? Like, you know, you can't grow yet, like, just certain rules with no knocking them because you know that, that company did change my life, but. It's just knowing where you're from and not forgetting it. And also authentically being that, like, I can't change what I am. You know what I'm saying? And instead of, like, looking at it from a negative standpoint, I embrace it. Because a lot of beautiful things from that, you know what I'm saying, it made me who I am. All the way down to how I interact with people. So you say um, how I navigate. Well, if it wasn't for Harvey, I wouldn't know how to take public transportation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to fend for myself. Like, when it comes to, like... Figuring something out in a, a room of not knowing anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel like Harvey has a unique style and culture because <laughs> we used to come up saying this thing called Harvey World, and we got. It. I think I've heard it. I've heard that phrase. Where, I don't know what it means, yeah, but I heard it. Yeah. So Harvey World is kind of like like how you got Harlem in New York, and they okay. say Harlem World. Harvey okay. World is a similar thing, and the reason why I think we like that is because we used to get a lot of the clothes and style from the train system that went through Harvey. So we did a lot of stuff first. Mm. And just from it, you know, coming south and then it hit the city next. So mm. we have a lot of stuff and we thought we was fly than a lot of people. So like you got that aspect and dressing and then we had like a tailor that was downtown Harvey that you can get your stuff tailored for cheap. I'm talking about back in the day. I'm talking about like get you a nice suit tailored for two dollars. Yeah, just Different culture and different. It's way different now because no tell that that's not. But yeah, yeah. But it helped me so much, man. And it taught me respect because at that time, you had we had big homies and you couldn't be a roughneck without getting checked. You know, mm-hmm. so it taught me how to shut my mouth. You know, know my role at times. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, respect my elders and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I, I owe a lot to Harvey. You know, man, I'm grateful too. Yeah, so that's pretty much what it taught me. I think when you grow up in a big city, mm-hmm. you get lost. A lot of the big city aspect of it, right? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I know people from L.A., from Brooklyn, Atlanta, all these major cities that's real, down-to-earth, yeah. solid dudes, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of times, to your point, the younger generation, the generation that's coming up now, don't got big homies. Yeah. They don't got certain things in place that teach you to, like, hey— we hit people <laughs> in the mouth or like there's consequences to what you say out your mouth. Yeah. Right. Like no offense. I always say bring bullying back. And this is as somebody that got bullied as a kid. I got bullied too. Right. Like I couldn't, I, I came real humble. Get this, right. I had the same bad gymshop for two years and none of the guys never, not a day didn't let me know that. Like every day they yeah. let me know, like you got the rusty shoes on bro. Like they go let you have it every day. Right. And that made me like, okay, 
Now when I step out, you know I'm out of shit. Be clean. Yeah, yeah, you know. But also, I think for me, like it teach you how to like deal with people and, and know how to say something back and yes. like not be offended by everything. Yes. Like sometimes, yes. like and sometimes it be funny, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hold in. Right? Yeah, it teach you, know, you like when you at work. You got sometimes they gonna say something you're like, all right. Yeah, and sometimes you gotta think outside the box and come back with something clever, you know, yeah. because that's the real world. But nowadays, like you said. Not no bullying, no big homies. Yeah, why? Just don't don't say that. Side, don't you know? say that. You cancel, right? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, we just talk about that. We'll get you <laughs> in a little bit. But like, I think a lot of times I feel bad. Like, and I want to instill a lot of stuff into my son. Yeah, that's deep. That is like, hey, like you can be like have emotions. Yeah, you know, express yourself. Yeah. But be be have some toughness about you because the world ain't gonna as black men make space for you to not be a certain level of tough, right? Yeah. Maybe that's my old way of thinking. You get what I'm saying? But I think I can appreciate younger dudes that have that mentality that understand like you can have your emotions, you can feel how you feel, but like you control it. Yeah. I think what I want to pass on to my son is like being tough, but also being able to be balanced and having the ability to express yourself effectively and, you know, not holding your emotion. Somewhat, so to speak, I'm trying to think about how I want to say this carefully. Like we were talking about dating women, you know, like you say you like my tots episodes because, yeah. you know, I say I say what people are thinking, yeah. but afraid to say. Yeah, man, it's needed. I mean, yeah. maybe that's my purpose of life, to say whatever, whatever is beating everybody's little conscience. Yeah. At least one of them. Yeah. But I think, like, we, t I talked about this in my last episode when it was just me, but, or my episode two episodes ago, it was just me. But, like, you, <laughs> you was talking about, like, women like Jada Pinkett Swift, right? Man. And, like, I think, and again, this isn't me bashing women. I don't know that lady. I don't know what went into that situation, but, like, I would hate for my son to marry somebody like that or for somebody, to treat my son like like that, and I mean, I don't know what Will did, bro. But like, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like everybody I've seen talk about this man and how he treats this woman in private and in public. I just I just feel like certain stuff. Like if y'all kept it private for this long, keep it, keep it that. I don't understand. I don't understand the the concept, narrative behind it, and then the disrespect, like. She keep talking about Tupac, but man, been gone for how long? Like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? What are we Park watching? Been Park been dead. Yeah. It's going on about to be 30 years, bro. We, we're insane. 28 years. You know He's still with it. If you I mean, yeah. well, apparently he's not with it. According to her. You know, they're yeah, not. All of that. All of that is separate. nonsense to me. It's insanity, bro. Like, yeah. I think, I think. I appreciated celebrities when we didn't know their lives for real. Yeah, for real. Uh, I appreciated yeah, when it kept it private. Like, I think I think the biggest issue with the world it's a it's a positive and negative. You know, everything has a positive and a negative. So, right. yep. Social media mm -hmm. great for informing people, yeah. like letting people get out their stories and all. Yeah, it is a tool. It's beautiful. Yeah, but like at this point, like some people's social media got to be take it got to be taken away. Man, you know what I'm saying? Man, the short yeah. brought back again because uh, the way she destroying my man in the social media, man, it's like, 
You ever dated a woman like that? Well, thank God, no. I think <laughs> I'll be in this shit before to that point. Like, it, yeah. it might even get an inkling that you go be like on some some other shit. Like, no, I, I can't even embrace that. Okay. I, I can't because yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like it's just a certain amount of respect that I just want for myself. And if I I want somebody to treat me the way I would treat them. Yeah. And that's that's, right. that's all I see within that situation. Like, he really respects you. I ain't to to today's date, I, I haven't seen him say anything. Yeah, he speak on him. Bro, like why can't he get the same respect? That's all I'm saying. I th- I think bro did something in the in the dark that we don't know about because at this point, it's, it's malicious. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even with the, the Ollie snake, I thought that was super disrespectful. But then, my man, Will, why are you sitting down and have an interview about it, brother? Like, I mean, he playing himself too. You that's know. what I'm saying. Like, there's a, there's like, a piece but, of it. but it's almost like, man, he didn't get out right now, bro. He had, he had so you know, yeah. like, like, bro, like, he just sitting and going along for the ride. That or, she, like, that or she has some tricks up her bag. Up her sleeve, I guess. Could um, me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you ever dated a woman like that? Malicious like that? Um, nah, I can't say I've dated anybody that bad. I've had some interesting people that I've dealt with, right? Some people that I I will not speak on because I don't want to be held liable or, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. you know, <laughs> or sued for slander. Yeah. But, y'all you know, so- y'all know who y'all are. Yeah, nah, I, generally I don't have, like, people don't speak on my name like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I don't speak to other people's name like that either. But yeah. So, like, bro, what's next for you? Like, what's next for Maze the Artist, Maze the Person? Because, you know, Maze ain't your real name, but like, just for you as a person, what, what would you say is next for you? Well, uh, so I really been focusing on uh, the fashion aspect of art. Um, I got some really big drops. I got some collaborations I'm working on too, some I can't speak on because of NDA. But uh <laughs> but I got some real uh some real dope drops coming up uh but, and uh one is coming up soon like by hopefully by the end of November. I got some uh winter fall fashion coming up and then as far as art, I'm working on another solo show. Um that should be at the beginning of the next year between February or March and then I'm working on the group show. Okay. Um, and then I got some other stuff with some license collabs to some artists that's coming up. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh definitely gotta share that with the people. Uh, yeah. so when you get the links, let me know. I share it on on the platform. All right, bro. Well, I appreciate you coming through again. Yeah, you man. Me, bro. It's been good getting to know you a yeah, little bit. Yeah, for sure. You too, likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, y'all, as always, I wish you peace, patience, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, discernment. Be your best self, because everybody's already taken. So be easy or don't. But every choice has a consequence and every action has a reaction. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Peace.